0: is it's it's just time passing by but there's something in us where we're like no this is going to be i'm going to dot 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 this is going to change 2019 um was maybe great or for some it was this year sucked right? and i'm looking forward to a new year right? and a new day and so i just want us to to anticipate that but as we've looked at at hope and we've looked at joy uh we've looked at peace, and today we look at at love and what what this is and how there's this wholeness uh in all of these through Christ. I just invite you now just to stand um. oh yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. So, yeah, no worries. All right. And so we're going to do this. Again, this is liturgy. It's call and response. I say the non-bolded. You say the bolded. And again, it's about heart position. It's not about these words. We've talked about this before. I mean, the songs that we sing, we can just sing the words or we can maybe even sometimes not sing the words and let the words impact us, all right? And so I just encourage you with this as well, uh, just to take in what we're saying. And so God, in the waiting and the tension, is that tension in bold? Uh, Okay, you are teaching us, all right. The characteristics of true love. Patience, gentleness, kindness, for years, for generations we said, when what we sometimes thought was, we have thought of you as moody and prickly, we know better now. We like to imagine the night love became incarnate. Still. Perfect conditions for love's emergence. It's in quiet that love has its purest voice. And indeed, love smiled upon us that day. A tiny voice. Bawling out love's insistence. We can still hear it. Pray with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Can you see them? So, as we reflect on these past weeks, uh, we're waiting with expectation this Advent season that's that's calling us. We're waiting with hope and with peace and with joy and with love. And three weeks ago, we discussed hope and we talked about more specifically biblical hope and what that looks like. It's not circumstantial. It is actually based on a person, Jesus. And two weeks ago, we explored peace in the Old Testament, uh, Hebrew shalom, irene in the Greek, and, and again that that it doesn't just the absence of conflict. All right, it's not just that. It is something that is better, that comes in its place. And again, we find that answer uh, in Jesus. And last week, we looked at joy and how our relationship with Jesus brings joy through our complete trust in Him. And we were talking this morning about, uh, and it, it, before we came out here, was we were talking about this thing that we, we try to make, right? We're image bearers of God, and, and we see people even without Christ, we, they try to create peace they try to create love and joy uh, and hope but then in Christ we find a completeness matter of fact we were speaking we were talking this morning about perfect love and oftentimes we think of perfect as being flawless and God is flawless but but when we think about us in this in this pursuit of these things right what does it mean it means I think for us as the image bearers of God is that we are pursuing the heart of God, right? Are we going to mess up? Yes. Are we going to, uh, me- I messed up. Let me just tell you a short story here. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Um, the other night I went to go see um, Star Wars, Star Wars, okay, and also known as Wars, okay, Star Wars, and it was fantastic, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 50 out of 50. Well, poo on you because it was great. All right. And so we went to go see that. But before that, we, we stopped by Starbucks. So why? So that we could stay up during the movie. All right. So, um, and this person was major attitude. And I didn't understand why the attitude, but I didn't respond well. Now, I wasn't like violent or anything like that, but I was just like, standoffish and like, "Hmm, you know, treat me like that, okay? And I tell you that story because it's not a huge deal, but I I mean, later I did apologize to my daughter. I'm like, yeah, that's not really how we should treat people, honestly. That's not what love is about. And so, in our humanness, what we find is, um, I don't know about you all, but there are shortcomings, Right where you treat somebody some way, and I don't know if you're like me, but where you almost instantaneously know, like mm, that was not, that was not good, All right? If you've ever had the privilege of being married or you're married, you've said some things that you're like immediately, like mm, that didn't serve, that wasn't good, All right. And uh, oftentimes your spouse will let you know um, immediately, you know, they don't really have to say anything; it's a look. That drawback? Hmm? You're like, oh, God. All right, we're going to be having a discussion later. So, so we look at love, though, and we look at it from the very beginning of the biblical story. Love is present. I mean, think about this. In creation and in the Genesis story, we see this great detail that is taken in the creation of creation. Right? Like, like think about the intricacies of what goes on. If we look at it from a, from a biological level, we can see that there's just so much that's just underneath the surface. If we just look at us, we say, oh, we're pretty, we're pretty amazing as humans. I mean, if you've, if you've had a cut before and it heals, you're like, that is cool. Like, I don't even know how that happened, but it's there, and, it, and now, it's, now it's not. And so there's these levels of cre- or this creation that takes place in the interest intricacy that takes place there. And then we see God includes people in his story. People, and he calls them image bearers of God. They're made in his image. And then we see this love as it extends in perfect patience, right? Now we see God choose a people called Israel. And what is, what is the purpose of Israel? Well, it is this. It is to spread The message of God, of hope and love and joy and peace. That's what their deal is. That's their task. And and at times, most of the time, they were found rebellious. But God still loves them. And he loves them well. And he desires to use them still. And here's what he does. Because he loves them, he corrects them. All right? And he brings correction where it's needed because He loves them. And then the ultimate sign of love is given. God sends himself. When we think about this, like wrap your brain around this, right? Like God decides that, no, yeah, Jesus, we're going to send you. And we're going to send you in the most innocent form possible. I mean, who doesn't love a baby? Like they're just pretty cool. Especially we can hand them back to people, all right? Um, and so, but they're cool, man, right? And and they're these, these little innocent things that are going to be formed over the next years and you get to see this happen, right? And and so we think about, um, you know, he's born to this virgin girl named Mary. When Josh and I were talking about earlier this week, I mean, you know, not that we're going to deify Mary, but God, what a, what a responsibility. Like, think about that. You know, an angel appears. You say, hey, you're going to have God's child. What? Right? And I always think about this. I think we, in, in Western culture, we think, we think of the birth of Jesus, and then Mary's done. She's out of the picture, right? She raised this child. Her and Joseph, they raised a child. And if you've had the privilege of raising a child, it is something else. It is the best and the most challenging thing ever right? Because you are raising something else that's not you, that you often think, why don't you just do it this way? Because that's the way I would do it. And, uh, but, so she and Joseph, they raise this child, and he grows up to be a man. And he does, he lives for 33 years. He dies on a cross. He's risen again. And here's what it is, so that we could be made right with God. So that we could enter in, so that we could know God, that we could enter into His presence and, and know Him. That, that the Holy Spirit could come in us and then we could be empowered to do the works that He calls us to do. Now that is love and, and, and Paul writes about love in the first uh, book that he sends, letter that he sends to the church of Corinth, Right? And he writes about this, uh, and in this book, here, here's what I have to say though, where did his understanding of love come from? Speaking of love. Gosh, dog, man. Just oh for four on the candle lighting. all right? Uh, we're good now. All right, here we go. I think I have wax on my thing. Okay. So where did, his under, where did Paul's understanding of love come from? Who, first of all, who is Paul? Used to be Saul. Okay, let's take a, take a quick trip down memory lane here. So here we have Saul. And Saul is this student of, of God. He's the student of the law. He's the student of the Hebrew Scriptures. He's an expert at these things, all right? He knows them in and out. He has read the books. He's, he's been to the seminars. He's taught them, right? And so here's what happens, though, Something goes on in Paul or in Saul, who then has this encounter with Jesus. And then here's what happens a light goes on. That the scriptures that he knows, that he cherishes, that he defends are actually fulfilled in Christ. Upon closer look, He realizes this, that that his scholarship alone cannot grasp Christ. So Paul does this. I love this. He retains his scholarship, but he is formed in relationship. See, he had this moment where it went from the head to the heart. And that's when the connection is made. He began to see, if you guys ever remember your first time, anybody in here remember their first time viewing an HD TV? My first time was at Epcot before they came out for sale. It was this big, right? So about a 19-inch TV. I walked by it in, I don't even know, Future World or something like this. And I don't know what it was called. And I looked at it and I thought, and the Chicago Cubs were playing. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, what is that? 19-inch TV blowing my mind. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt like I could have walked into the TV, right? And now it's just what we see, right? Do you ever watch like YouTube videos of standard definition though? Have you ever seen them? And you're like, what was that? You're like, oh, that's what we used to view. Yeah, and so Paul, if you will, starts to see an ultra HD. He starts to see all these connections. He starts to be formed by a relationship with Christ. Again, he knew about Christ. He was a persecutor of the church, So he knew about what Christ was doing, but then what happened was he began to be formed by Christ and he started becoming a promoter of the church. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, Paul describes love. And and this, this description comes after he says basically this. You can have everything you want, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. It's built... Everything is built on love. And he describes love like this. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance I won't indict anybody this morning but if you're like me you fall short of this standard and what I encourage you to do later on today and many times to come in your life is is take this scripture plug your name in where it says love and this isn't to make you feel bad it's called a reality check because if we don't deal with where we are, we will never ever be formed by or into the thing that God is forming us into because we will make excuse, yeah, but they did, yeah, but she was rude to me, so that gave me permission to be. But if we plug our name in there and we say, Andy is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, Disqualified. Thursday night, got that disqualified. I was proud, and I was rude. Right? I was not kind. I was demanding my own way. I was irritable. I did keep a record of wrong from the drive through thing to the drive through window. Um, and so, here's the deal. We have to have relationship. We have to have transformation happen in our hearts. Paul writes from a place not of pure scholarship. He writes from a place of interaction with Jesus. He writes from a place of being absolutely wretched to being absolutely in love with Christ. And so he sees this in the life of Christ, though. And that's when he talks about it. And Jesus, because Jesus talked about love a lot. I don't know if you knew that. All right, Uh, can we please silence our watches? I'm just kidding, Ryan. Calm down. All right, so in uh, (laughs) I'm just so in uh, in Matthew 22, Jesus uh, he says this in Matthew 22:37 through 40. Jesus replied, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important: love your neighbor as yourself." The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, you may be asking this morning, well, who, who is my neighbor? I get who God is, like, but who's my neighbor? Oh, yes, you actually literally are my neighbor. I thought I was like, I'm like, is Julia coming back up? What are we doing? Okay, so, and so who's my neighbor? But I think sometimes... Again, if you're like me, sometimes when we ask that question, we're not asking the question who my neighbor is to expand. We're asking the question to contract who it is, right? So, so define for me who my neighbor is. And when you define that for me, can it be something that fits like this so that I don't have to love like this? Because if if neighbor is everyone that I walk out of this building, then, then it's, it's, the, it's the person who is a Muslim and the person who is a lesbian and who is gay and who is addicted to pornography and who is a drunk and who cheated me and who did this and who did that. But if you could narrow it down to maybe people that think just like me, maybe, maybe, and then if we could subtract a few and definitely not, definitely exclude the people that have done me wrong, then I'll, I'll accept that as my neighbor. But what does that mean? Because I believe that Jesus' love came to love and impact every single person. Everyone. Bless you. And in Matthew 5, Jesus actually expands on this. He says this, Matthew 5, 43 through 48, you have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as a true, as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If You love only those who love you. What reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I love this picture. What does it mean? Well, what does it mean to love? Well, does it mean that then because of that, do I just do I lower my standards? Do I, do I, do I have to then accept their lifestyle? Do I have to accept that this person is an alcoholic? Do I have to accept that? No. Love is not saying that love is simply meeting people where they are and walking beside them. That's what love looks like. We live in a polar, I don't know if you guys notice, we live in a polarized time. Where instead of talking to one another, we just yell across streets. Instead of going in the coffee shop at the corner yelling from, you just continue to yell over to the other side. Instead of having a discussion, we have a shouting match. And here's what I want to encourage you, church, is this love people well. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they say, but you can love them well. Love the people that disagree with you. Love the people who are different from you. God is calling us to be love to the people that are around us. In John 13, Jesus, well, he knows his death is coming. He knows that he's about to be betrayed by someone he handpicked three years ago and walked with during those three years. But what we find in Jesus here is that he's still serving, that he's still loving well, that he's still teaching by example. This is my biggest fan of Jesus because he doesn't just talk, he does. Right, And he, and he says this in John 13, 34, and 35 so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says love each other. And then what, we have to say, what does it look like then? What does it look like? We can go back to that First Corinthians passage and we can find what it looks like and, and we can go here to John 15. It says this, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. What does that mean? Because I think we make love cheap, right? Man, I love that pizza. I love this table. I love this new iPad, man. I love this. And then we say I love you to our spouse. <laughs> we just named five things that we love. just want to challenge us. What does it mean to actually love people? The people that are around us. The people... And I mean, not the ones that we get along with. The people that drive us insane. The people that, in your life, have caused turmoil. How do you love those people well? And I believe the the answer is we can only love them via the power of Christ. But I want us to think about this, that your story... You're an image bearer of God joined with Christ. I mean, it's really an unstoppable story, right? It doesn't mean that everything's just going to go smooth in your life. You're never going to be sick again. You know, you're never going to have any problems. You're never going to do this. You're going to have these issues. But it's an unstoppable story because you, you have decided, you said, yeah, I'm going to take my own life. I want to give it to Christ. It's not mine anymore. I'm going to join my life with the everlasting life found in Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come empower me, to make me more like God. I'm going to allow transformation to happen. I'm going to intentionally try to love people well. The people that uh, drive me nuts, I'm going to make it my, my mission to love them well. And it might not be returned. And I'm not loving people well so that I will get something in return. I'm loving people so that they might know Jesus Christ. Because the people you love well may never return anything to you. But you're doing it because that is what God has put on your heart and then you have to say this, the chapters of your life that, that you wish you could take away, that you wish you could erase, the things that you've written down in your story that you wish that you wouldn't have done, but take them before God and say, God, you can have these. I want them gone. They're gone. They're erased. They're not any there anymore. Here's what we do. We learn from them and we move forward. We keep our eyes fixed on God who loves us in spite of us. You see, it's through grace and mercy that you're forgiven. It's through Christ that your story is being renewed. You are made a new creation. You can breathe in the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. You can know true peace in the storms of life. You can experience joy that doesn't end. You can love well because you are loved well. If we open up, to Jesus, if we open our lives up, if we truly make ourselves available to Christ, I believe that we can experience healing of deep wounds, deep heart wounds that have taken place in your life, things that you thought were gone are still there. I believe as we open our lives up to Christ, that Christ wants to take that, that you don't have to carry that. Part of his loving you well is bearing your burdens. And he does it with open arms. So you can experience healing in your mind, in your heart, and in your body. You can experience healing in your soul. God loves taking care of his kids. And I think what we do sometimes is this. We don't allow God to love us because we don't think we're lovable. And I just want to encourage you this morning as we go into this Christmas time that you are lovable, that you are an image bearer of God. That just like that star that guided those wise men, think about this for a second. How long ago did that star start burning? How long ago? It's not like a light in your kitchen where it just turns on and there it is. How long ago did that star burn? And here's what I want to say to you this morning. That just like that was planned, so were you. You weren't an accident. You were made for right now. That your life has purpose and it has destiny And the only reason that you can love perfectly is because you are perfectly loved. Stand with me. God, you are so good. You are so good, God. God, I just want to pray that we would experience your love. Not even right now, God, for those who are empty, God, I pray that you would come and that you would fill them. God, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to come and move in this room, that, that we would be formed into your image, What I want to pray over everybody in this room is for an expansion of love. I want to pray that our motive would be love. And that we would love well. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that you've made a way for us to enter into your presence. Thank you that you love us deeply. God, I pray as we leave these four walls, that we would lean into you. That we would lean into the community around us. At our place of work, at our place of school. God, where we shop, I pray that we would See people like you see them. Give us a heart, God, that's transformed to love people well, with the expectation of nothing in return. I pray for opportunities to love people well, opportunities that will shape our character. you know